And I thought of no better way than to bring on Doug Flutie. As I, as I looked for that on the internet, though, I found that there was a bunch of options out there, and some I didn't like too much. And there was one, the uh, San Francisco 49ers going down. They went down, though. They went down. They went down. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't like that one, so I didn't choose that one. There was the Bluegrass Miracle where LSU, uh, Kentucky had already celebrated. We celebrated too early and dumped the Gatorade and everything, and then we lost. Ugly, ugly. So that, we'll just go with Doug Flutie and Boston College. And the big idea, we talk, you know, thinking about Hail Mary, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about sacrificial giving today. And I, as I was thinking about what, uh, how I've progressed or been able to learn about giving and about trusting, and uh, I was thinking back when I first began to think about giving and what it would be, and all I could think of was, well, Hail Mary Pass. Because I had so little, what I have to lose? So let's just, throw, let's just throw a Hail Mary Pass and see what, what happens and if God can do the, a miracle with, with what I have. And, uh, and that's the way it began. And so it began of trying to, this balancing act of trusting God and, and walking with Him in and, and fi- financial realm and and trusting him because I, di- I didn't grow up doing that. I didn't grow up, you know, giving and, at all. And so it became something that you had, you heard about and then you learn about. And thankfully there were those that God put in my life that modeled that and they were so excited about giving, you know, so excited that the bigger the check they could write, the, the more excited they were. And I, I just wasn't there. And I wasn't there even uh, from a budget standpoint because... Uh, what I did have come in, I like to kind of spend it on me. You know, I like to take care of me. And there was always something else I needed, a trip or, or improve my vehicle. And uh, Paul and I did several uh, no money down deals on vehicles and made some terrible decisions back in the 80s. And, and so we're learning from that. And so as we approach this new year, in a year that we're thankful for as a church, we, 2018 was the first year, the first full year that we've existed, that we were, um, and we, more of you came and connected, and more of you uh, engaged in generous giving. And so, as we start this new year, I want to try to share with you this morning and try to condense this that down because... In my mind, I've got like a thousand things I want to share with you, and I know some of you want to go to lunch today. And so I'm, I'm going to try to focus a little bit and ask you to pray with me in a moment, too, that we do exactly that. I don't want to uh, give you the water hose this morning, or the fire hose, fire hose. <laughs> I want to, but I do want to give you something to consider and ask you a great question. So um, before I go further, why don't, why don't uh, why don't you stand with me for a moment? I know you just, just stood for a while, but I'll, I'll let you sit down and you'll sit down for a little while. But if you would pray with me for a moment and let's ask the Lord what he would have for us this morning because I, he, should, he has something for you. He has something for you. He's had something for me. And so let's, uh, if you would join me to pray this morning. Lord, uh, we're so grateful. God, uh, we just sing about, God, your faithfulness. You're a faithful God. And many of us in this room, we testify to that because 
Uh, God, we're on the other side. We've, we're on the other side of the valley. We found the other mountaintop. We've seen your faithfulness at work in so many areas of, your, of our lives. And even this morning, I heard about uh, a, a miracle of healing. God, when it looks impossible and the doctors say it's not going to happen, and yet this morning the patient leaves the hospital, that's the God that we serve. That's the God of miracles, the way maker that we know. And, and that, so some of us this morning, we testify, Lord, because we've seen your faithfulness. Others this morning, we sit in a spot where there is struggle and there is strain and we're, we're wondering where you are. And so uh, may you use the testimony of those who've made it to the other side this morning to encourage those who may be in the middle and waiting upon you that, God, you are a faithful God this morning. And God, as we share together over your word today, I pray, God, that that is what is glorified. I pray that that is what is lifted high. A God who is amazing. A God who does make a way where there seems to be no way. A God who does the miraculous. A God who takes what we can do and what we can give, what you can give us to manage over. And God, you do incredible things with it. And so for every person here today, God, I pray that you would give us... uh, a a nugget from your word, an application for our lives. Help me today, God, to share a bit of what you've given me this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. may be seated. So, from a Hail Mary, um, I had an experience about seven to eight years into being a Christian, and up to that point, you know, I'd, I'd learned to give a percentage, you know, and I had to start small. I, I had friends that were uh, giving 10% as a minimum of, their, of what God gave to them. And so for Paul and I, that was a stretch. And I seemed like we started more about 5%, just start somewhere, they would tell us. And so we did, and then you start to make adjustments, and you see God do amazing things. And so we, we progressed, you know, in seven or eight years where we were to the point where we did give a minimum of 10% of our income and, and, and beyond, and we were excited about that. But then things got messed up a little bit. Messed up because um, I, I was doing really well on my work. And I was working, and you know, when you work and you receive an income, and you're disciplined, and it's kind of the same, and you, you're able to set aside what is God's first as this offering. But then, you know, I'd, I'd never had an inheritance. I never had a piece of property that I sold. I'd never received a bonus. But all of a sudden, I got, uh, I did really well, and I got this big bonus. I mean, the, the, looking back, I mean, it was, it was big in 1990s standards. I mean, uh, I'd done extremely well. And so I began, you know, your, um, to write that check, you know, in my heart and uh, wants to have faith. But then I got this reasoning part of my brain, too. The reasoning part of my brain says, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, did you really, uh, I mean, was this really income that you earned or was just just more of a Christmas gift? And so I began to rationalize through that. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I don't necessarily need to write a check, you know. This was extra. You know, this was like a, a gift from the company because they liked me so much. But, you know, if, if I hadn't done so well, they wouldn't have given me anything. But that began, that was my first real test of 
trying to figure out, you know, can I, <clears throat> this God that I talk about, this God that I'm trusting in for my eternal salvation, can I also trust him with what he gives to me to manage? And so, as hard as it was, and as hard as it was to balance this, I began to um, learn how to spell thousands, uh, T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D-S, and began to to write what was the biggest check I'd ever written to invest back into the kingdom of God. And I look back and I think, yeah, you know, there's, there's no regret with that. I've never regretted giving of any way and in, in any fashion of what God has given to me. And it kind of got me started early that whatever God gives to me to manage, then I want to be giving back and honoring God as a first fruit of that. And so... But yet there are still tests. And I know that that's the case for all of us. Because what will happen, what will happen this year and what happens every year, is we get these surprises, you know, and some are good and some are not so bad. The engine blows and the transmission goes out. And, um, and yet there are the good things that happen too. And God gives us this to entrust to us and see what we're going to do with it. I want to share with you scripture this morning that illustrates a, an extravagant gift. It speaks of what it is to, to give back and honor God in a, in a way that is truly amazing and kind of pull some pieces from that that I think will be a help to all of us. And as we make sense of sacrifice, we consider what God will not only do for us, but what God will do through us and for his kingdom, and to impact the lives of others. I've intentionally asked that offering be at the end of the service today because I'd like to ask you to be able to respond after God's word today. And I, I want you to be able to consider, and so as we share together over his word today, uh, prayerfully consider uh, what you bring to the table of what God has given to you. I look at... Um, Let's, let's look at, uh, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 14 this morning. I want to begin here and give you some verses that kind of set the stage of what's going on. In Mark chapter 14 and verse 1. Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper. Let me stop there for a moment. But he's in the home of Simon the leper. Now, he obviously doesn't have leprosy anymore or they wouldn't be in his house. So for me, I'm thinking, oh, th this must be someone that Jesus has healed. And yet, he's known as Simon the leper. His past is his tattoo. It's his label. It's his nickname. That's Simon the leper. Oh, yeah. We know Simon. Reminded constantly of where he had been. But I'm kind of imagining that he's been healed and he wants to host Jesus in his home. A woman came 
And then we don't name the woman, which is frequent, because uh, women do not have the respect that we see today. And so they often don't name the woman, and I wish that they did. But this woman comes in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. Nard. Um, a very expensive root-based uh, musk um, smell, very expensive from the Himalayan mountains. So it would have been outside the region and, and coming in very expensive. She comes in, though, and she breaks the jar. And she pours the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages. A year's wages. And the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you always have with you. And you can help them anytime you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on, his, on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. I tell you the truth, whenever, whatever the gospel is preached throughout the world, and even in Access Church in 2019, what she has done will, be, will also be told in memory of her. And so the fragrance of that room that day is still alive here today as we share in memory of her and of what she did. We still talk about this lady, as Jesus said. She brings this alabaster jar, this expensive perfume. This is her opportunity. And it's her year's wages. And I tried to bring that to my, to my own history, my own walk, and I thought, you know what, I, I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to write a check or give a gift that was equal to a year's wages that, for me personally. I mean, that would be a lot. I would think I, I haven't had an inheritance. I haven't had um, a big property sale that was equal to what was a year's wages. But what an opportunity. And that's what she sees. She somehow has a glimpse that Jesus need, this needs to be broken over, over him and that he needs to be anointed. And not everybody in the room can see that. And the disciples are a bit indignant. They think, oh, what a waste here. We could have given this to the poor, says Judas. And yet, <clears throat> that's the voice of reason. And so I, while I see the disciples and I see their point, you also got to understand that they couldn't see the big picture. They don't know how close they are to the cross. They don't know what is about to happen. They don't know yet. They, don't, they can't see the whole picture. They know there's a threat. They don't see the whole deal. And somehow she's prompted and she's moved and she has a choice to make. And yet this becomes this battle then between faith and between reason. And that's, that's where the battle is. And that's where the battle is this morning. That's where the battle will be this year. That's where the battle will be as you walk with Jesus for uh, years and years to come. This will always be a place that you will come to. Jesus had a lot to say about money and about how we manage possessions. 
But many of his parables uh, were about that. A, a, at least a, a fourth or maybe a third, depending on who, who you want to ask, will have uh, Jesus said something about how we manage stuff. And so it's important, and I, and I have an obligation to share with you what it is and what Jesus has to say about how we then manage what he has given us. My personal motivation for giving is not what he can do for me. Because for me, he didn't have to give me anything else. He's given me what I need. He's given me assurance of salvation that I can walk with him today. And my, I find my needs are met. My car is good enough. It gets me from point A to point B. My motorcycle is good enough. Gets me from point A to point B. I'm, I have clothing. I have what I need. But what I really want to be about in the rest of the, whatever days and time I have is I want to take what he gives me the best that I can and leverage it for the kingdom of God to make sure more and more people know what it is to follow Jesus. And so that heaven is full of folks one day, I hope, that, that I can meet and talk to. And, and maybe this church, maybe you, maybe somehow we're all a part of a bigger picture and a bigger story that glorifies God and ushers people into the kingdom of heaven. We share with you frequently these baptism videos that we show here in the big screen. We take a couple minutes and condense down a testimony, and, and we've done that here. Martine recently shared his by video. We've had others that, um, and oftentimes we'll share from North Point, who we, in Atlanta, Georgia, that we connect with and try to model for you here. But they share these testimonial videos about what Jesus has done. They, they describe how they came uh, to know Christ, of how maybe they were running from him, or they were, their minds were clouded in fog, and they were rebellious, and they were running from God, and yet how God used people, and God used events, and God moved by his spirit and drew them unto him in a relationship with him. We do that so that we want you to remind you that that's at an active, living God is at work. God is at work this morning. There are people here, I don't recognize you, I don't know you. I want to know you. But for some reason, you've come this morning. And God is perhaps at work in your life. As you start a new year. And you're wondering what it would be to follow Jesus and Perhaps this would be the church, this would be the community that you would come to faith in Christ or you would renew your faith or you would begin to walk with Him. And so that you're hopeful this morning. And I've prayed for you today that, that God would re indeed renew your hope. That you would hear something, experience something that reminds you that God is alive and that God is seeking you and wants relationship with you. These videos, these testimonies, they remind us that God is at work and that God is active today and He's still redeeming people. He's still forgiving sin. He's still breaking chains that bind people up. He's breaking addiction. He's restoring the broken. He is, <clears throat> he is doing amazing things. And so we do that because that, again, for me personally, that is my motivation to give. It's not that I get back. My motivation is 
that I want to see an amazing, incredible, living God transform the lives of people all around me. That's what I want to see. That's what I want life to be about. When I look at this, this lady, this unknown, unnamed lady, and she sees her opportunity, the scripture tells us that it's Passover time. That in their history of the Israelites, you know, they would, uh, it dates back to the, the plague of Egypt, and they were instructed to sacrifice the lamb, and that they would put, there would be blood over the door. And we know as God passes over, they were to pass over that home because of the blood of the Lamb. This is the Passover time. And yet sitting here at this table, sitting in this scene, is Jesus, none other than the Lamb of God, who's taken away the sins of the world, come to, for that mission. This is Jesus, the actual Lamb represented in this history of God, this story of God, sitting at the table with them. And this lady comes into, into that scene, into that prompting, that opportunity to be able to give and, and honor Him in this scene. What motivates her? What causes her to want to give extravagantly? What has she seen and experienced? I think of a this Passover scene. And if you've, if you've been passed over yourself because you, maybe you sit here today and you realize that, that yeah, I was, I was once lost and, and yet God showed me a way that I could experience the Passover, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. and something that I deserved and God passed over. I deserve punishment. I de- deserve uh, eternal uh, separation from God and yet God passed over and gave me uh, the sacrificial lamb of God he called my name we've sang about in Spanish this morning he called my name called me out of that grave right see when, when I put it in that terms and put it in, in that kind of perspective and then it begins to resonate with me I, I can understand this extravagant gift this extravagant sacrifice because there's nothing that I wouldn't do. There's nothing. If he prompted me and says, give of this. Go sell this and give. To honor me and, and expand the work of the kingdom of God. Then I want to be able to say yes to that. I want, I want faith to rule and overcome the reason sometimes. I don't want to, I don't want to lose the opportunity to, to reasoning. Because it doesn't make accounting sense. But it makes godly sense. I want to understand her story. And thankfully, you know, this, this, this story is recorded in, in other scripture. And we can look to John chapter 12 this morning. In John ta- chapter 12, John records for us and, and gives us a little bit more detail. John writes for us that six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived. Lazarus, who in chapter 11 of John, was dead. Was dead three days. 
And now he's alive because Jesus had raised him from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. So they're at the home of Simon the leper and Lazarus is there. He'd been raised from the dead and here a dinner was given in his honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him, with Jesus. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Mary. Mary, who had called for Jesus to come because her brother was sick. And Jesus didn't come on the timeline that Mary thought he should. And so Jesus shows up in chapter 11 and Lazarus has died. And they said, well, Lord, if you'd come, he wouldn't have died. And he could see their brokenness. And scripture tells us that Jesus wept. But see, this is the Mary that heard Jesus speak with a word with a word and calls Lazarus from the grave. Three days death. Calls his name and sees him walk out of the grave. And he unwrapped the grave clothes. And, and now he's alive. And in chapter 12, he's sitting at the table. He's kicked back and he's restoring this body that was once dead and, and is now alive. This is the perspective that Mary brings to this anointing scene where she would break a jar that represented a year's wages and bring this kind of a gift because she had experienced something. She had experienced something that other people uh, in the room hadn't, hadn't been that close to them, but she knew what it was to see dead things come to life, to see God involved in the situation, and with one word, things begin to change. See, some of you know that. Some of you have experienced that. You've seen dead things come to life. You have seen <coughs> the spiritually dead come to life. You have seen the doctor's diagnosis, and it is bleak. And you've seen God show up on the scene and, and, bring, and breathe life into the, the circumstances and into the room. And you've seen God at work. When things look impossible financially, when, when all of the world is caving in on you and you're hungry for a word and God has spoken into that scene and broken through the silence and broken through the darkness and things have changed like that. That's what Mary has experienced. She saw her brother suffer. She saw her brother die and she thinks that is the end and that is it. And Jesus shows up and says, Lazarus, come forth. Come forth. And now we, we fast forward to chapter 12. And it, see, life is different because of Jesus. See, you've seen dead come to life. This is her experience. This is what has been called out of the grave. And so she comes to the point that she's able to break of this jar and and yes it's expensive yes it's a year's wages but yet it is exactly 
what God has prompted her to do and given her the opportunity. As I look over this church, I look over the people that God assemble here. I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever broken a vase for God? Have you broken a vase? Something of, maybe it hasn't been a year's wages, but it's out of the normal. It's out of the routine. You've had the opportunity to give a great and sacrificial gift out of just the thankfulness, out of a grateful heart, because we know this God who is faithful. We know this God who brings dead things to life. And so out of that gratitude, out of that experience, there's nothing left. There's, God, whatever I have is yours. But I think Mary would bring this perspective. You know, it, it, if you were able to sit here with us today and hear this, well, she might think, well, that's wonderful that we could... Uh, you guys still talking about this event today. But I think she would probably say that it really wasn't a sacrifice. It really wasn't a sacrifice. You see, the sacrifice was about to take place where Jesus would stretch out his arms and he would lay down his life and he would shed his blood that we might be the recipients of eternal life, that we might know Him and walk with Him and we might have the forgiveness of sin. You see that, you, you, you put it in that perspective, and what else does God need to do for you and I? But he, we have that opportunity then and out of a grateful heart, see, God, I was once dead and now I'm alive and you called me, you called me out of that grave and now it's personal and it's my experience and so God, whatever is at my disposal, let that be yours. Whatever you need, let that be yours. Because I want, I'm grateful, and I want that experience for other people. People that I don't even know yet. But God, that I know that you died for. And I want to see the kingdom of God expanded. And so, God, I'm, <clears throat> I just trust in you. You see, a farmer, <laughs> he drops a seed in the, in the ground. And he doesn't have a funeral for that seed. He knows that that seed dropped in, in, in fertile ground of faith will raise up again. And it will be alive again. And it's a sacrifice that is dropped to the ground. But great things happen because of that. And so that's the realm that we operate in. That's the realm that I want us to be able to see as a church. Because we're all going to have those struggles today and this year. And continually as we walk with Jesus. That faith will stir our hearts to do something and yet we'll have a reasoning the accountant will come to call in our mind and say mm, I don't know that really that's a hard one that doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense I don't know that I can do that and I want us to be able as a church to be able to respond not, not because this pastor is, at, is needing something I'm not God has provided for me. God provides for me in amazing ways. And I, I, I want to be honest with you, and I, I question whether I needed to share this today, but I, I think I do because I want you to know. I, I haven't, there's not one cue from this offering that I've put in my pocket. 
because God's provided me for me in amazing ways. And so that we as a church have been able to do, to do amazing things for other people. We've done amazing things to be able to spread the word. I don't need anything else. I don't need anything else. I'm, I'm simply coming to you today asking you, have you broken a jar? Because I need you to walk with me. If you call this your, your church home or you'd like to, folks, we, the party here has got to be about other people. It's got to be about reaching the lost and reaching other people. And I can't do that by myself. I model for you giving. I'm not exempt because I'm a pastor. I'm not exempt because I'm a missionary. I'm not exempt because I've been following Jesus for a few decades. That's not it at all. I model for you. And when we give today, I'm gonna, I'm, <clears throat> I want to be able to give. It's not a year's wages. But it's a stretch gift. I want to be able to do that today. And, and ironically, it's interesting, I don't even have a, a paper check left. I've just had to order some paper checks. I don't have any left. But I can give online. And I share that because you can too. It's a, a possible to give online. It's possible to give at the local bank, Bach. It's, a, it's possible to give in the baskets. But I'm asking you, not only today... But this year, that we invest in the kingdom of God for the sake of others who do not know Christ. And you do the best that you can. You give sacrificially. And you let God do the rest. I share with you that this morning from a perspective of faith. Because I, I'm trusting in God. Yeah, there's, <clears throat> there's things I'd like to do. And I was... I was thinking, what, you know, what can I do? What would I want to do if I wasn't going to give this morning? I wasn't going to break any type of jar. What, what would I want to do? And I, I thought, you know, I, I've wanted to go to, to the Cayman Islands for a long time. Never been. Maybe some of you have been. Maybe it's not even worth going. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, I, that's probably what I would like to do. Um, you know, I, I think I would enjoy that. White Sand Beach, Cayman Islands. There's probably a special ticket. I could probably get Spirit Airlines to get me there inexpensively. And, you know, I, I could do that. There's probably some things I could do for Paula. Um, I could upgrade a few things. But what would be more exciting for me is to be able to give and see what God can do. To see God usher into the kingdom of God. Uh, new people, men and women, boys and girls who did not know him in 2018. And in 2019, they connect with God or they reconnect with God and they do so because of sacrificial giving that creates an environment here that allows us to have more seats and more parking and uh, have resources that we can give and connect people and let them know that a God, the God of heaven loves them. The God of heaven calls them by name. The God of heaven calls them by name out of their grave and out of their dead, uh, spiritually dead state into life and to walking with him. And you may have a different idea and a different motive, and different theology about giving. But I want to, I'm just sharing with you mine today. I want to see people come to know Jesus. And I'm inviting you to do that with me. This morning, you may not have come prepared for that. 
But we've got tomorrow. We've got tonight. Is that a song? I'm trying to tell you we've got time. Because you can make a decision in your heart today. You can take care of that tomorrow or Tuesday. Or you can just make a decision today that, you know what, I, I haven't been giving. I've, I've used some excuse. I've, I've used some reasoning. And yet this is a storehouse that God speaks to me and brings spiritual life into my life and into my home and family. And I want to start being a part of that because I want that same reality for other people. And God's really alive. God really listens. We're not just going through religious motions here, but we're allowing a holy God to do work with us and through us and help us to grow. And so I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for all that you do, all the ways that you serve, but I'm inviting you to break a jar this morning. These guys are going to come and sing again. David, if you guys would come on up. And I want to, we're going to sing again and this uh, glorious day. We're going to do it in English, I think, or they may do Spanglish, or, or they may sing a little longer. Uh, they've got freedom. If the Spirit of the Lord has, leads us, we can, we can sing and we can pray. So if you're here today and you'd like to pray, I'm, I'm always, I try to hang out over here on the side. If you need to pray, that you, I, I'll, I'll do that with you. There are other people in this room They'd be glad to pray with you. And sometimes you can just do business with God right where you are. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. And the Spirit of God convicts you. Not necessarily what I say, but you, you're moved by the Spirit of God and you want to respond. And that, that's the time to do so. When God moves us by His Spirit, moves our emotions, that we actually take some action because of that. And we, So I'll share with you today, I just... I'm grateful, but I'm challenged, and I want you to invite you to embrace this challenge with me and break a jar, because for many of you, He has called you by name. He has called you out of your grave. You're, with a grateful heart, you just begin to be a giver. You begin to sow into the kingdom of God. Will you stand with us? God, I'm thankful this morning, thankful for this church, thankful for everybody who's part of this community here. God, we love you today. I look around this room and there are so many stories. There are stories that can relate to what we're talking about today because, God, we were spiritually dead. We weren't walking with you. We didn't know you. We drifted away. And yet, God, we heard you call our name. And we responded to that. And our lives are different. And I pray, God, you just raise up faith among us today. God, to trust in what you can do. We love you, Jesus. Have your way in your holy name. Amen.